Hi there, my name is Vivian Kasuth, and I'm your moderator today. Just a few housekeeping items before we get started. So please have your cell phones turned off, and a reminder that this session is being recorded. On your table are some baskets, and that is for lunch money. It's $11 for lunch and $2 if you're just having tea or coffee. Please have someone uh, count the change and we will collect that before lunch. Um, our program today is we will have 30 minutes each for the presentation, lunch, and the question period, and we should be wrapped up by 1.30. The topic today is is fentanyl causing a public health crisis in Alberta? Our speaker today is Dr. Karen Goodison. She is the Medical Officer of Health for Alberta Health Services South Zone. She received her medical training at the University of Alberta and earned her master's degree from in public health from the University of British Columbia. Her interests include preventative medicine, mental health, and Aboriginal health. We are also privileged to have the Honourable Sarah Hoffman, Deputy Premier and Minister of Health, to provide further comments on the health response to fentanyl abuse. And a warm welcome now for Dr. Karen Goodison. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me here today. I apologize for my casual dress, but my t-shirt is in keeping with today's topic. Okay, so um, what I'd like to do today is just provide um, a top, a, an overview about what's happening with fentanyl in Alberta. So the agenda that I'd like to, to cover is really looking at what is fentanyl, what should you know about it, what are the effects of opioids, of which fentanyl is one, and what is the epidemiology, or the who, what, where, when, and why of fentanyl overdose in Alberta. Then we're going to next look at what the public health response has been to that and what the evidence shows we should be doing as far as primary, secondary, and tertiary prevention of fentanyl-related overdoses. So what is fentanyl? So on the screen you'll see a picture of the fentanyl drug. Um, it is in one form. This is the illicit form, which is a pill that's pressed by folks in any kind of setting. And it has that mark 80 on one side, Canadian on the other typically. And it's often green, though sometimes white. This is the uh, illicit form of fentanyl on the streets. Now, opioids. Opioids are a broad class of medications of which fentanyl is one. So most people in the room may have actually been on an opioid at some point in life as a medication as simple as Tylenol-3. The common way we see fentanyl being used is as a prescription medication, often used to treat pain. And if you look on the left side of the screen, you'll see it in a patch format. That's a very common way to, to take fentanyl. The fentanyl and all opioid medications are originally derived from the opium poppy, hence the picture of the poppy on the corner. It's actually uh, from a natural alkaloid that's found in the resin of the poppy. Op opioids and fentanyl can be made synthetically in the lab. So opioids as a prescription medication, again, that Tylenol-3 that you may have had for back pain after surgery, 
oxycodone, hydromorphone, fentanyl being one of these, methadone, morphine, codeine, hydrocodone. These are all opioid types of medications. So again, opioids being a class of medications of which fentanyl is one kind. Opioids have now become available on the street. So um, opioids were always available on the street or for a long time as heroin, which many of us would know, opium itself. Fentanyl is being made into fake Oxycontin tablets. And so these are commonly known as Oxy-80s, Shady 80s, green beans, green jellies. They go by a variety of uh, names. And there, this is where Oxy, uh, or where fentanyl, plus or minus other medications such as ketamine or uh, benzodiazepines are pressed into a tablet <coughs> and sold on the street as an oxycodone tablet. Fentanyl has also been found hiding in other drugs such as uh, even methamphetamines and heroin. So here's a picture of the fentanyl pills. Uh, again, it's a synthetic narcotic. Uh, it's roughly 50 to 100 times more powerful than morphine. So it has a very high risk of causing an overdose. Some of the other names that it's known by are shown on the side of the screen. And because it's hidden in many things, you can't taste it, you can't sense it, it's this hidden form of it that makes it extremely dangerous to both the public who is just uh, maybe a recreational drug user who might take a pop a pill at a party and to a, a well, uh, a knowledgeable street drug user. So what does it do? So fentanyl affects the body in many ways, as do other opioids. So early signs of an overdose include some of the ones shown on the screen here and carried over into the next screen. So people will get drowsy or the nods, they'll have trouble breathing, they have a slowed down heartbeat, shallow breathing, clammy skin. The thing that draws people to use opioids again though is that feeling of well-being. It gives people a really good sense of well-being and it takes away pain. Opioids work by binding on opioid receptors in the body. We have natural opioids in our body all the time. So if you hear of the term runner's high, that's just our body releasing natural opioids. Or eating chocolate. Or eating chocolate, absolutely. Natural opioids. And you lead very nicely into the next one, which is it's the dopamine release. So we all release dopamine to food, sex, are normal things that drive us to, to live. And so these opioid medications cause that natural release. That's why they're so addictive. Now the problem with them is they also do other nasty things. They slow down our breathing, they cause constipation, and they cause nausea. And as we're seeing here in Alberta, they can cause death. So how do you identify someone who's had an opioid overdose? So you might notice they have slow breathing. They might make a snoring noise. This is very commonly described uh, before someone is found unresponsive from an over overdose. Um, they can have tiny, tiny pupils, blue lips because they're not getting enough oxygen in their body. 
So what is the epidemiology? So I've used this term epidemiology, which is really just the study of who, what, where, when, and why something is happening, and it enables us to develop a response to what's going on. For those of you who aren't scientists in the crowd, I've provided a cartoon that shows what a histogram is, and really it's just a telegram from your former self. So no need to, to get too worried about the terminology, and I will be showing a histogram a bit later. So what's been happening in Alberta? So we do have a very concerning trend here. If we look back to the year 2011, six people died where the medical examiner's office in Alberta was able to find fentanyl in their blood. Move ahead to 2015, 272 people died that year and had fentanyl found in their bloodstream. So that's a really, really concerning issue. And we're approaching the point where more people are dying from fentanyl than from motor vehicle collisions, <coughs> which was typically the leading cause of accidental injuries in Alberta. So this is a histogram showing the change over time. And as you'll see from very little in 2011, we're getting uh, more than doubling many years to the most recent count in 2015. Across zones, South Zone has had 15 people die, which puts us at about five per 100,000 people dying from this, and that goes up to 12 per 100,000 people in the north. So this is a problem affecting all Albertans. So this is a picture showing what other medications, um, what other opioids cause problems. Fentanyl was mixed in in 2011 to 2013 with other types of opioids that were also causing overdose. But if we look at what's been happening more recently, we're going off the chart with fentanyl. So this is why our t topic today is fentanyl. This is also impacting the number of people who come to emergency. So this is a picture here of the, uh, over time, looking at 2004 to 2016, looking at the number of people who present to emergency departments who have opioid-related uh, uh, poisonings. So they're presenting with an overdose, basically. So who is this affecting? So unfortunately, this is affecting a wide variety of people. We're seeing people who have prescription drug misuse. So they may have been started on an opioid prescription in the physician's office. The physician says, okay, you're doing well now. We'll just lower that down. Or they find they need more to control their pain or they like the feeling they get from it and they start seeking the drug elsewhere. They think they're getting, buying oxycodone on the street and it turns out to be fentanyl. We're seeing illicit drug use. We're seeing fentanyl not only in the illicit oxy-80s on the street, we're also seeing it laced on other medications, or sorry, other drugs that are on the street, such as methamphetamines and heroin. Recreational drug users are being impacted. There's a new type of party that's a pill party. People come in, they take prescription pills, street pills, throw them in a bowl, mix them up, snort them, take them. And if a fentanyl's in there, if a tablet, containing a lot of fentanyls in there, there can be multiple overdoses. So, and carry naloxone. 
So what is our public health response? So really we have a three-pronged approach. The first is really we want people to be aware and educated about this. So that's part of the reason for being here today is to let everyone know what's going on. Um, this is a mental health and addiction problem and it's increasing and we are developing a response to this. We also want to include other stakeholders. This affects corrections, this affects police, this affects a variety of other stakeholders in the community who we're working closely with. We want to send the message out that fentanyl is particularly toxic. We're using the word toxic, not the word stronger, because that can be misinterpreted by drug users. The first step is to stop deaths, and so naloxone kits um, are that first step. So really this is an evidence-based intervention to reverse an opioid overdose. When an individual presents with the signs and symptoms earlier, you can give them a shot of Narcan, reverse the effects of the opioid, it takes it right off the receptor, and someone can start breathing again. The next step is once we've identified people who are addicted to this medication is to help them out. And the best way we know to help them out based on the evidence is opioid replacement therapy. And so this is a medication, either suboxone uh, or methadone, that is used to help fill those receptors in the brain that are craving the opioid. So really we're looking at all the way from prevention, early identification and management of mental health and addictions problems, to increasing protective factors, reducing risk factors, and really looking at community coalitions as a way to really enhance this response. So one of the first steps of the awareness and education is getting information out to drug using community. And so there are these notices that go out to let people know on the street what's going around. And this one first identified illicit fentanyl in 2013 and subsequently came out with an update in 2014, really describing what this looks like and what drug users have to be aware of. Calgary Police started a program working with Alberta Health Services to let people know that this is a huge problem comparable to that of motor vehicle collisions. Alberta Health Services has a variety of materials available, including posters, which you'll see that our communications person, James Frey, has provided on the table outside if anyone wants to take a look at it, and wallet cards that people can carry around to help them identify an overdose and know the steps to respond. Naloxone kits have been distributed throughout Alberta. This actually started in Edmonton in 2005 with Streetworks. So they were the first uh, pioneers in getting this kit out to drug users who were using heroin and other opioid medications. It's been shown to be very effective and this has been broadened throughout Alberta to include eight harm reduction agencies. AHS has more recently come on board and are providing this through a variety <coughs> of places within our health organizations as well. How do you use the kit? We've got a simple mnemonic and this is used by all harm reduction agencies pretty much across the world. It's a common save me mnemonic to help people remember to stimulate the person to see if they're responsive. If not, call 911, open their airway, offer breathing. People die because they stop breathing. So one of the most important things to do is give that breath of life. Then you evaluate them. Have they responded to that or are they still down and out? If they're still down and out, you provide naloxone. 
you wait five minutes. If they still haven't responded, you can repeat that naloxone dose. All kits have two doses in them. So where can you get these kits? So the harm reduction agencies, including Arches, I'm sort of doing the South Zone perspective here in Lethbridge, so it's formerly Lethbridge HIV Connections, have been uh, busy out there uh, providing kits since July of 2015. HIV Community Link is the medicine hat comparable. They really reach a street-involved population and have been in corrections as well, actually piloting the first uh, corrections-based naloxone kits in Canada. They're connected in with our post-secondary institutions where they've provided a number of kits to uh, university students at risk. They've offered public education sessions and have done a lot of collaborative work with what we're doing here in AHS and with our First Nations neighbours on reserve. AHS has done a lot of work working in collaboration with a variety of stakeholders. Now kits can be available to people who present in emergency with overdose. They can also go and walk in and access kits at um, mental health and addiction location currently in Medicine Hat. There's also opioid replacement therapy clinics that have been identified also to have kits and a variety of physicians offices are carrying these kits. Community pharmacies have recently come on board and prescribing physicians can give kits without a doctor's prescription. Fentanyl um, overdose is, is such a common problem that we're trying to make this very available across all walks of life. Naloxone is currently a Schedule One medication, though uh, we may get an update on, on the status of that uh, soon. Um, the, this means it, it needs a prescription right now. So prescribing pharmacists, physicians, and nurses have been given uh, the uh, ministerial order that they can also offer this uh, <coughs> without needing to see a physician. So uh, correction sites and um, an opioid replacement therapy site that we're hoping to have open an, another one um, across health zone uh, shortly. So treatment is our final stage. So we've done our education and awareness. We've got naloxone kits going out. The next focus area really is to get more people in and able to access treatment for addictions. Addictions to opioids is a bit different than addictions to other medications. Detox is a very commonly discussed approach. However, there is a worry with opioids because the brain is really, really impacted by opioid medications and it takes a long time for it to recover. So although detox is an option for people who have early addiction, it can create a high relapse rate or high overdose risk if it's used for people who've been using opioids for some time. The goal of treatment is to have medications replace our natural opioids in the brain that are being changed by the external use of fentanyl. So life before. Imagine that you went to your doctor's office and you got started on opioids for back pain. Your doctor says you're good. You 
are feeling really, really miserable and lousy and you're sweating and shaking and you feel like you really need to be taking this medication. Your buddy can give you some, so you go and you get some. And you get a bit of a, you feel good again and you feel better and you get this high, this euphoria from it. So there's this craving that drives people to keep seeking to use opioid medications, particularly um, uh, things like fentanyl. So this risk, uh, sorry, this, this drive leads to drug seeking with a high risk of overdose and death related to that. It, re it causes possible criminal activity. It may lead eventually to using needles, which has infection-related risks with it as well. And you find you're spending your whole time seeking this drug, and people may lose their jobs. So after either a successful detox, which again is not our first recommendation, but it is a possibility, or ideally suboxone or methadone replacement therapy, people's lives can be controlled. They are now on a stable dose. Their receptors aren't craving that high-low, 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 which is really what drives that. It's a very stabilized dose with a much lower risk of overdose. There's no cravings if it's taken properly. There's no needle use. People do return to work. They return to school. They become successful members of society again. And we have decreased illegal activity around that. And of course, they're putting more money in their pocket. So where do you get that in South Zone? So currently, uh, Medicine Hat and Lethbridge do have clinics where opioid replacement therapy is provided. Physicians on Blood Reserve, we've got a couple out there who've been working very hard to provide this service for our um, First Nations uh, on reserve residents. We're also looking at hopefully having uh, a Suboxone clinic somewhere in the west side of the south zone to be opening soon. This will provide access for residents anywhere in the zone, but it's really located based on our surveillance mapping, the area of highest need. So in summary, I'd really like to, to look at how we're approaching this. We're really looking at um, high level primary, secondary, and tertiary prevention to this um, fentanyl uh, emerging public health concern. Primary prevention is really where we want to reduce the incidence of addiction before it even starts. So we want to stop iatrogenic, big word meaning caused by our healthcare system. So doctor prescribing, we want to reduce the number of prescriptions that are going out. Canadian doctors have the highest opioid prescribing rates in the world. We also want to look at preventing non-medical exposure, so preventing that street exposure in our youth. So those are two areas of focus for prevention, for primary prevention. Our secondary prevention is really to identify people early when they can respond well to a treatment and intervention. And our tertiary prevention is once we've identified people who are addicted to opioids and to fentanyl, is to prevent death. That we can do with naloxone kits, we can do with opioid replacement therapy, and we can take a harm reduction approach to this. So I'd just like to finish by providing a couple of resources here. We do have a, an excellent website called Drugs Fool. The site meaning is that 
your drug may not be what you think it is. So drugs can fool. So um, and also the know your source. Um, both sites provided a variety of information, and we'll have many of the things I've included in this presentation there. For people who are addicted, um, there or feel that they may have a concern, we also provide an addiction hotline. All questions can also be answered through HealthLink, and we're also using that for people who have used an naloxone kit to report back to Alberta Health Services, enabling them to get a new kit. Thank you very much for your attention.